What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Vise Land. We are two weeks out for the draft. Mikey, what is going on? What's happening in your world? Really not that much. I went to the dentist on Friday. That was cool. Uh, hadn't been there in a while, so that, that was a bit scary, more very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Showing my teeth to the people not watching on YouTube, but um, yeah. uh, he has he has decent teeth. Yeah, yeah. Lucky enough, but yeah, and also like there's like a new president and everything, and like uh, president elect at least. President and, elect, uh, yeah. You know, they they have some evidence. It's it's coming. It's like <laughs> healthcare plan. It's it's coming. It's, it's coming soon. It, yeah, we're, we'll wait for it. But uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the new president-elect is uh, likely happening. And uh, the evidence they have so far is, uh, uh, I'm sorry to say, fucking bullshit. Um, but um, and, uh, it seems to be uh, um, not even like really a thing. But uh, yeah, beyond that, let's uh, get into the topic this week. So we do have the NBA draft coming along. We're going to do one more kind of like, uh, we'll, we'll kind of do a combined, like, you know, giving uh, our boards and breakdown and then a mock draft um, next week, right before the NBA draft. But what we are planning on doing today is um, we wanted to kind of give an idea of what people should expect out of an NBA draft. And by doing that, we're kind of going to, to go back through a few NBA drafts where players have kind of been, become established in the league. So we, we are going through the drafts of 2003 to 2013 and kind of showing you – a lot of people love to do tiers in the draft. And the way that tiers were always explained to me, they seem to mean different things to different people. The way that they were explained to me – initially when they were like a thing was that uh, NBA teams sometimes would use them and say, if I have a guy in tier one, I'm not going to draft a guy in a lower tier because of need. Like it, it was a thing to separate like the talent from the need or like the best player available from the need. And then if you have a bunch of guys in the same tier, then, then you can kind of break it down and, and do that. Um, I see some people that just have them mean different things. Like, you know, tier one means a primary initiator and like, you know, somebody that you want to run your team through. I think we're going to see that as we go through the years here and break down this draft history, there, those guys aren't always there. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think that the thing that I was kind of pleasantly surprised by is there, there are a lot more Hall of Famers than I would have thought. Still, obviously, not very many. Um, but yeah, the, the thing that you'll notice, and this is like the big thing is like the definition is always brought on this as well, but like franchise players, like, you know, the big thing is, oh, he's going number one this year, but is he a franchise player? Well, that doesn't always happen either. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see as we, we go through the years, but, um, I decided to kind of make like basically five categories I, I wouldn't even call them tiers because th i think there's separation even in the categories but um the first one it, it seems pretty easy it, it's um championship centerpieces and th that one is a 
player that you can build a championship team around with yeah. them being the best player on that team. And um, yeah, like I, I'm sure that will have some kind of broad roots as, as soon as we uh, get lower as well. But, um, and, and obviously is subject to change with some of the more recent players. Um, then I have Hall of Famers. That's pretty straightforward. Like a player that I believe is going to make the Hall of Fame. And yeah. I, I would think Jason would back me up on this, I hope. I, um, I'm open on the Hall of Fame. I love seeing players get in there. Oh, really? You're, you're, oh, man. Okay, then we, we may disagree. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I, I, keep, I find myself sometimes I'm kind of lenient on certain players. Yeah, I think it, it definitely depends. And, yeah, we probably have some players that we're more partial to. Um, then the I have like a little in-between category and it's contending pieces. And it's kind of like a guy who was either on like a big piece on a contending team or like a third or fourth player on a championship team. And uh, I, I think that it's a pretty broad category as well. But um, I just noticed with the first draft that I did, like there was a player who didn't really belong in – the lower category and just kind of stuck in the middle. Um, then I have contending role players. These are players who were either like a fifth or sixth best player or like um, somebody that was really important on a contending team uh, or a championship team. And then I have role players and those would be kind of guys who were like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth man, or like that would be their best position on a championship team. Um, and this is going to be broad as well. And I, I think some players were probably in between categories, but it's just kind of how we're going to define them here and just give you an idea of um, the amount of players you can expect to make like a, I would say a good NBA impact. So my other thing is the way that I look at the NBA, Jason and I agree on this, that you need to be an amazing player to make the NBA in the first place. Oh, period. Yeah. No, no, no. And there's like that terrible, even if you think they're like a scrub, it's like scrub by comparison. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the people that are around. But if you were to break things down, you think there are 30 teams in the NBA. That means that there are 150 good starters, if you think about it, right? Like you, you have uh, – Five guys starting on 30 teams, you, you think they're – so if you're in the top 150 players, you're, like, doing really, really well. I would say, like, if you – usually in any given year, you have, like, 500 NBA players. So, like, if you're – let's say even in, like, the top eight players on a team and you're, like, one of the top 240 players, I, I would say that would be a good thing. Um, I wanted to kind of, like, break down, like, box plus minus and PER and, like – you know, do some analytics. I, I didn't really have the time to do that. But I'm just like, you know, just kind of painting like broad strokes. So these guys, I think that we're naming were along those lines at some point in their career. Um, and like odds are, and the other thing we're going to break down is uh, longevity of players' careers. And I think you'll, you'll find in most drafts that, it, you know, many of them didn't have super long careers. And if you're kind of going through a draft, like the odds are that the, if you're in like the top 14, 15 players in that draft, like those are going to be likely like the good players of that draft. Once you get beyond there, it's going to get a little questionable as to your actual value 
like as an NBA player, like if you were like, you know, like a, a top player, especially I'm guessing over a prolonged period of time. But yeah, obviously things change and it's different draft to draft. But the odds are that, you know, more than likely, even if you have a long career, like it's just, it's kind of about impact. So that's why I found that in most of these drafts that I went over, there were usually like 14 guys that I felt kind of deserved these categories. So yeah, and this will be the first time Jason sees them because I went over them myself. <laughs> it's, it was just that kind of thing too like with a lot of you know teams it's like we're just setting your level setting your expectation you know like if you're picking 20th in the draft like you know you might not be adding somebody that's going to provide a ton especially at the jump but it brings me yeah, back. it's always funny to me the people that kind of expect like starters at like the 25th oh, no, no, totally. if, that's if that I'm... happens that's amazing um, and then, yeah, the other thing is you, you should temper your expectations by that pick. So, like, if a guy – of course, it's going to be difficult for a player, like, you know, let's say the 21st pick ends up being, like, a complete steal and is better than the 20th pick. But if you get a guy who's, like, a good value at that pick, that's something to be happy about. Yeah. Um, There's always that excitement around, like, playoff contending teams. They're like, oh, but we also got this guy in the first round. It's like, yeah, he's probably not going to get that much burn. Like, hopefully you got to steal it. Yeah, it's really rare that rookies like make a big impact for your team. Um, and even like younger players, like, you know, if a younger player is doing well in the playoffs, that's usually a sign that they're very, very good. No, it's um, definitely few far, far. Even, okay, like, let's say, okay, we'll throw it out this year. Tyler Hero um, and Kendrick Nunn. So the Heat had two players in their rotation who were rookies. Um, Kendrick Nunn barely played in the playoffs. Did have a like a good game or so in the finals, but also was he struggled. I would say Tyler Hero in the conference finals was really good, but if you look at it like from an analytics standpoint, he was basically like break even, and then um, which is still like pretty good as as you know like a you know let's say he was the fourth guy uh, in that series. Um, then by the time he got to the finals, he, he had a couple good games there. But he had a couple not so good. <laughs> he really struggled, and then yeah, if you look at his like net rating, like it's yeah, it's there. There's a lot to left to be desired. The fact that he still was playing on a team and doing like he obviously was a steal of a pick at 14, and like I, I think he has a, a very bright future. But it's just kind of an example of you know, kind of uh, I guess yeah, it, it's it's tough to make that impact uh, early in your career, which is why we're kind of going over guys who uh, are further along in their careers or drafts where they're almost all of the players from that particular draft are, are done with their careers. So we'll start with 2003, which was considered a, a really good draft, uh, mainly because of the top of that draft, which was yeah, The top is insanely, yeah. insanely strong. Um, so at, we've gone over that draft before. And just to say like, that top five is completely ridiculous. And if Darko would have been like, even like a decent player that like, it might have competed for one of the best top fives in NBA history. I, I, I would say, I don't know, I guess you could go over like 1984 because they have three players who were good. Um, Sam Bowie wasn't as bad as Darko, I would say. Um, at least in his high points. And then uh, Sam Perkins wasn't bad either. 
But if, um, if yeah. Five, the, the top five out on, as a team, if they form their own team, which they kind of sort of. Oh, were. even if it had Darkman. Yeah. Darkman <laughs> was. Darkman won a championship as a rookie. He, yeah, he's the only one that could say that. Play, but yeah. he, he was on a championship team as a rookie. Um, but yeah, we uh, just going over that one. So starting with championship centerpieces, and I think you have to consider two players here. Obviously, the guy who would be like in his own tier and generational, like a definition of a generational talent is LeBron James. But Dwayne Wade was a championship centerpiece. And it, the way he won the championship, he may have had like a, a bit more of a complete team when he did it. Um, definitely didn't have a second player as good as like he was when LeBron won his ring. Uh, or at least his first ring. I would say even his second ring. Uh, Dwayne was still probably better than Shaq was comparatively. But um yeah, D- Dwayne Wade, during the 2006 NBA Finals, like, that was a guy you built a championship team around. Even the year before, he was amazing. And um, he was amazing, like, for years after that. And then even in the 2011 Finals was the, the Heat's best player during that series. Um, yeah, so I would say you, you put Dwayne Wade in there. And, you know, I'm guessing Dwayne Wade likely ranks among, like, the – top like 25 or so best players of all time whereas LeBron is like you know like yeah and the, and the very if he's first not in your top five there, there's something up if he's yeah. not in your Mount Rushmore there's probably something yeah. up but uh yeah <laughs> and then um so going on the Hall of Famers I went with um two guys who I, I feel were perennial all-stars and absolutely like you know carried some teams may have never carried them to an extreme High level, I, I guess, you know, Mello was the best player on a conference finals team. Uh, Chris Bosh ended up being a, a crucial player on those Heat teams and then would have had many good years after that. But I, I feel like Chris Bosh, even with a shortened career, um, has done had done more than enough to uh, merit Hall of Fame consideration. And to me, he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and then, so yeah, you have those four guys at the top. Um, they were the one, three, four, and five pick. And then the other guy who um, is, I would say, a level below those four uh, would be David West. And David West did eventually, you know, get his ring when he was on Golden State, made a couple all-star games, and was a crucial player on, like, an Indiana team that, like, kind of pushed uh, some of LeBron's teams to the brink. So, yeah, he, I, I would say, was I, – I, I considered him a contending piece as opposed to a contending role player. Um, at le- and he was, at least for a while. Well, that's um, what the end of his career, too, when he was taking those kind of one-year deals because he wasn't on San Antonio as well. So he's – Yeah. You know, he was a guy that, you know, was very much trying to help these teams get over, get over a hump. hmm And, yeah. He was on, yeah, he was on San Antonio right before he went to. That's a Golden State. That's a Golden State, won those last two rings. Yeah, he's doing those better minimum deal. It was like their, their seventh or eighth man. And uh, yeah, I, I still consider him a contending piece just because he was quite good during those early years. And uh, yeah, I, like, I, I feel like there's a little separation between David West and the, the next group. Um, the amazing thing with this draft is 
they have like tons of guys that make all-star teams. A lot of them only make one or like a couple, but yeah, they, they have four perennial guys and then five other guys that make all-star teams and having nine players make the all-star team from one draft is like a lot. (laughs) So that's pretty crazy. Um, They, they also like just had some really unique talents here. Um, So I, onto contending role players, I had Boris Diaw, who I think is, was, a contending role player with a few different teams yeah, and then finally got over the top of San Antonio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just an awesome player, like defensively, a uh, great passer and, you know, could provide a little offense as well. Um, then you had Kyle Korver, one of the best shooters in NBA history. Um, a guy that you just not leave open. And um, yeah, he was a crucial part of many very good teams. Uh, Josh Howard, who for a while looked like he had a, a very, very bright future in the NBA, um, was one of Dallas's best players when they uh, initially made the finals in 2006 and um, just kind of had a, a pretty rough drop off, but still, like, was. Yeah, no, his good years were, 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 were definitely. Yeah, very solid win. Uh, yeah. Um, two other guys I put in there. I put in Mo Williams. He's probably more of like the next category, <laughs> but I put him in because he was on some of those LeBron James teams and he, he did make an all-star team. Um, but I, I think a large part of it was just because of how great LeBron was. Um, but yeah, like was on a team or on a couple teams that won tons of games and uh, at least had a shot at making it to the NBA finals. Um, and then, uh, is a six man too. Like I think that was a big, big role for him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was, a, he was a good like microwave scoring six man. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Kirk Heinrich was a guy who I, I just feel like he was on some of those good bulls teams and he could have been on some, like, uh, I, I think he could have been like a, a contending role guy, like somewhere else. And then uh, in the last category, the role players, I have uh, Leandro Barbosa. He probably could be on contending role players too because he was great with Phoenix. Um, And obviously, like, when he played with Golden State, he was a valuable piece as well. Um, And just, like, a good role player through his career. Nick Collison, who is a guy who, when I initially did – I, I did an article for NBADraft.net. It was, like, very, like, basic, but it was just kind of um, kind of a what to expect when you're drafting in certain spots. And the median guy for the 12th pick was, like, Nick Collison. Like, Nick Collison was, like, kind of like, you should be pretty happy if you get a Nick Collison. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just, like, a, a pretty solid role player for many years with Seattle, Oklahoma City. Um I would say Chris came in on there. He was an all-star. He never really was on a winning team per se, but he um, yeah, it was pretty good and, and yeah, obviously put up numbers. And I think in, in a situation where he could have been a role player, I think that would have been a good thing for him. Um, I guess you can consider this guy a contending role player, but I also think it was like just he was lifted up by his situation. And that's Kendrick Perkins, who's the last guy I had on this list. And um, yes, he obviously he was good on Boston when they won the championship as their like fifth starter. 
Um, I would say there were still other players who I would probably have taken in front of him for that team, James Posey being one of them. Um, and then, yeah, like I know uh, he, he was hurt during uh, the last uh, game in um, 2010, I guess, when the Lakers Lakers beat the Celtics in seven games. Yeah, so he was was injured and – or was it 2011? I don't remember. I just remember he he eventually got to the point where he was hurt a lot and then kind of of fizzled. But I think he made, you know, some decent impact earlier in his career. It was 2000 – uh, no. uh, oh man, sorry. I just want to make sure. <laughs> we want Kate right here on Boston. Yes, it was 2010. And he, he was injured. And Kevin Garnett claims that if uh, Kendrick Perkins was healthy, then the Celtics would have won the series. Um, and who knows? Maybe if they won the series, maybe we wouldn't have to see him on the jump on ESPN so often. But, you know. I think you know, we probably would put him on there earlier, Jason. Yeah, I think it's always one of the way hot. Yeah, he's not, not my favorite commentator, but, you know, bless him. He's, he's yeah. out there. Let's Good. just say I think he has an agenda, Mr. No Agendas. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he has a few agendas. But, um, yeah, I, I think that would be the last guy there. Now, if you look at the uh, 2003 draft in general, it's kind of amazing because they have a number of guys who have, like, 10-year careers, and that's, like, they have 27 guys who have 10-year – over 10-year NBA careers, like, the average is usually about, like, six years, and it's usually not as many players in a given draft. Um, And then if you go to, like, the over six-year plateau, it gets to 33. So, yeah, there there were quite a few. But when you're you're looking through it, like, there are guys who are are role players, but probably not on teams that are going very far. And, um, yeah, like, you know, for instance, like a guy who just on the outskirts, probably like, uh, you know, you have like Dante Jones, Steve Blake, uh, Willie Green, Matt Bonner with his shooting prowess. So, yeah, just a, a few guys to mention there. Yeah, Travis Outlaw, I guess, is another one you could kind of think of. You got a. He's never, unfortunately, like he never really played on that many good teams. Oh, Mikel Pietras was pretty good for a while, but yeah, he was on, I think, a team that like rousingly made it to the second round, um, albeit in spectacular fashion. But uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of the, where the list goes there. Uh, let's move on to 2004. For Hall of Famers, I have Dwight Howard, who was almost a championship centerpiece and just won an NBA championship. But I don't think yes. you could call him a championship centerpiece. They did lose in five games to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, it was a well-built team around Dwight Howard, but yeah, for a while he was the NBA's best center, uh, multiple defensive player of the year, um, and one of the best rebounders in NBA history. So he is head and shoulders above uh, the other Hall of Famer, I feel, um, which is Andre Iguodala. And I feel like Andre Iguodala um, is a Hall of Fame player. He has only made one all-star team, but he um, just – has made the and albeit not completely his doing but he made six straight nba finals oh no yeah but, but, uh, don't say, and he gets that he gets that finals mvp as well i think that's what kind yeah. of 
that's what puts him over the hump. I think if it's just one all-star game and he doesn't really yeah. make any finals. You can wonder how much he earned the finals MVP. I probably should have gone to Steph Curry, but it was, he, he did really well in that series. And um, I, I think also shooting like 38% from the line, which is kind of funny, but um, yeah, he played great defense on LeBron James and he's just like this consummate role player who does a little bit of everything, can handle the ball, great passer, really good defender. Um, when he's hitting shots, it, it's pretty much over. It was part of one of uh, the NBA's most dangerous lineups uh, over like five years in Golden State. And I, I, I don't know if he was like the reason the Heat made the NBA Finals, but it certainly didn't hurt having him there. Well, I think putting so, him on the yeah. court was that different matchup like in that series too. And I think that's what, you know, like when they went that smaller lineup with, with Andre Iguodala. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I think that was like the big difference. But yeah, I think, I think the finals and the finals MVP, that's what gets him in the, the whole thing. But you never know. I mean, Chauncey Billups still hasn't gotten yeah, that's ridiculous. Me neither. He was a Finals MVP where he was the best player. And but he hasn't been retired for very long either. So, yeah. But it, it was just stupid that he didn't get in. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like – like Reggie Miller didn't even get in first ballot, which was just completely ridiculous. And I am a person that's not a particular fan of Reggie Miller. Yeah, but it's hard to – I like respected that. him a lot as a player, and he was a – he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um Contending pieces, I had one, and he's also like kind of between some guys in like this next category, and that's Lil Dan. And I just feel like he he was a good player on a number of different good teams, and if he were in the right situation, he could have been like maybe a third guy on like a championship team, like a third or fourth guy, uh, I think would have been a possibility. Um then after him, I had contending role players. I had Jameer Nelson, who was on the Magic team that made it to the uh, NBA yeah. Finals um, against the Lakers uh, in 2009, I guess. Um, and then uh, Trevor Reza was on uh, the Lakers team in 2009 also, uh, or was actually on the Lakers team in 2009, and then has just been a, a nice like a, a piece for contending teams for quite a while now. Um, you know, somebody that you just kind of go after. And I think he would have really helped out the Blazers um, in the postseason. Tony Allen, Brian, part Brian, of that Boston yeah. team in 2008, was always like a guy that just, you know, made your team like a little bit better, was uh, part of Memphis when they made it to the conference finals. He, he was a guy, like an archetype that a lot of people were looking for is like that fifth starter or, like, bench guy who provides, like, that ridiculous defense and slashing yeah, ability. super, super gritty defender, and that's what. Yeah. And then role players. You have one-time all-star, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Devin Harris. You have uh, Josh Smith, who had his playoff moments as well. Um, he, he, he's a role player, though. Yeah, he is a role player. He's a role player. Exactly. Um, you know, this is this is going down. Um, yeah. Another guy I have is a role player, but was a role player on a contending team, um, and just a nice piece to have. I, I think injuries probably are the reason that he's not like that next level higher. Uh, Sean Livingston, who was just like money from mid range, could play make, and just provided like a, a matchup issue that many teams wish they could have had. 
it's hard for me to like he probably could be considered a contending role player because he, he was pretty instrumental to the 2016 um championship team but i it's just i had to put him in role players that Golden State team is easier to beat. Oh, I'm, so, I'm talking about somebody else. I've moved oh, on. Talking about someone else? I'm moving on. J.R. Smith. Oh, oh, <laughs> J.R. Smith is the guy that I, I, I'm talking about there. Um, yeah, he was he was a big part of that 2016 championship team. But I, I think uh, you, you at best you want J.R. Smith being a, a role player. For and you. obviously, he must be like a nice guy because LeBron wanted to bring him back to the Lakers because you think he. Yeah. They would never talk again. After well, they, they need somebody else, and he had championship experience. What do you yeah, say? He, yeah, no, um, he, was he a, a, a reason at all they won this year? I would say no, but <laughs> he was part of it. It's it's like uh, David S. Pumpkins, uh, the B-Boy Skeletons. They're part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so uh, then I, the other guys I'll go with, Al Jefferson, who was, like, good for a number of years, just – he was a pretty limited upside, and his teams never seem to, you know, like win games. Um, maybe because he wasn't a role player, and he was like, you know, they needed more out of him than he was probably uh, capable of doing. Um, and like at a high level, Kevin Martin, who yeah. I, I think, you know, Oklahoma City said, okay, we'll trade James Harden. We're worried about our cap situation. Uh, Kevin Martin was kind of like the big piece of that, and uh, didn't really work out. Um, yeah, yeah, really good shooter. Yeah, good shooter. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, not, a, not James. He wasn't replacing James Harden. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, and then I'll go with uh, the second and third picks from that draft. Not even necessarily in that order, but the UConn guys, uh, Ben Gordon and Mecca Okafor. Um, neither of them were on like amazing teams or anything like that. Uh, but I, I think they could have been parts of teams like in in the right situation well and, Ben Gordon and I, I, I think at the very least you call them role players he was a, he was a, he was a, you know I really liked what he did at UConn meeting him in person he's a tremendous tool so like I oh damn that's <laughs> fine I can't get super behind him once you meet him because he wasn't like the nicest coolest person and his credit card got declined at that was also not a good experience on him as well and he started taking yeah, it was a fun, fun time. Basically, he started taking stuff out of the store because it's, it's Ben Gordon. He's going to pay for it, and then his card kept getting declined, and he couldn't pay for it. So then we had to go back outside and and take the stuff away from him. And then that went about oh, yeah. as you would have envisioned. Yeah. Maybe I'm taking him off the list. <laughs> no, he deserves to I think he, you know, I had higher expectations coming out of UConn, like what he could be, because again, I thought he was going to be one. Maybe, of maybe that was why he wasn't on some contending teams. So. But yeah, he was not, not, not the He, he got his money from Detroit, and that was like about it. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't get enough to pay for that, uh, that visa card. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I know. Something okay. going on there. Yeah, like this draft was a very like high school explosion. Yeah, there's just a lot of guys that like. A high school explosion draft, yes. Super miss the mark, you know. It's just like you look back at this draft too. You got your Robert Swifts and Telfair and, you know, oh, yeah. just a lot of And then, so, we said last time there were 27 players from the 2003 draft that um, had 10-year careers. This one is 22. And um, then 25 who were over six, but yeah, like that, that mark is over eight basically. And then uh, from 
the 26 player, which is Luke Jackson on, um, th those guys all had under five year careers. So yeah, not, not a, like, not a super ton of guys with long-term careers here. And then, yeah, like we kind of notice a, a pretty big drop off as well. Um, Oh, a guy I probably could have mentioned was Anderson Verja. I was gonna say, I was gonna say that because you know he he definitely had a, a role on some teams. Yeah, like I, I'm not I'm not saying it's like limited to 14 guys. Like it, it's it's probably pretty fluid up to like it's just once you guys get past 20, I think you're you're usually kind of like pushing guys who were like really good players at one time or like you know kind of like crucial pieces. Um, so yeah, just again, we're just kind of trying to give people. Um, an idea of, of what to expect and like maybe like this could affect the way that you look at tiers or affect the way that you you look at the draft um so moving on to 2005 we have one player who stands head and shoulders above the rest and that is chris paul <laughs> like no question and i always remember like Going into the year, like feeling that Chris Paul was like the favorite to be number one, almost like you know he, he had had a really good freshman year at Wake Forest, and he was one of the best players in college basketball. I guess people worried about his size or something along those lines, but yeah, Chris Paul I think always was considered a really damn good player, and I, I think they just kind of overthought it, and uh, they they should have just gone with the guy who looked like. Uh, he was an absolute stud. And also the fact and, that the Clippers are respectable team slash franchise is like, that's like a lifetime achievement award right there. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if they have a, a guy further down the list who I, I think will – you might even rank ahead of Chris Paul currently um, on the all-time list just because of what he's accomplished. But, yeah, Chris Paul I think um, is like really slept on. I think he's like a – He's at least a top 40 all-time player, like possibly even top 30. Um, maybe like he's at least one of the best players never to have won a, an NBA championship or I guess he's never been to an NBA finals. I don't see that, But yeah, I, I just think he's a fantastic player. I always have loved watching him play and respected his game and his ability to like just take these teams and make them respectable, which is something I feel he was a large part of this year with Oklahoma city with definite help from other guards and players there. But yeah, he um, has just done so many things over the years to make his teams like better than they would have been otherwise. And uh, or at least like closer to contention than they would have been otherwise. Um, contending pieces. See, I, I, so I have Chris Paul as a hall of famer. Uh, obviously don't have him as a championship centerpiece because he never got to the NBA Finals, maybe under the right circumstances, but I have him as a Hall of Famer. The other guy, I, I thought of him as a Hall of Famer, but I don't know if he necessarily has the resume. Um, Darren Williams. I thought at one point he was, like, surefire. Yeah, he was one of the better point guards in the league for, for a bit, but, yeah, just never. Yeah. Like, I think he could have been, like, the second or third best player on a championship team, like during his peak, um, and like made it to like a conference finals, and like yeah, he uh, he was really good. <laughs> there was a time where he was really good. There was a time where he used to give Chris Paul fits too, like when they would match up against each other. 
Um, he was the bigger guy. He, he was drafted ahead of Chris Paul, mainly because of his he's size. Big, and he's a big that guy. also was fantastic in college as well at Illinois. No, like when I when I met him, he was a big dude for a point guard. Like because I met Chris Paul and Darren Williams. It's like, and also Darren Williams, super nice guy. I was trying to put a shoe away that was very high, and he helped me with that. That's yeah. what you, Ben Gordon. I think that's uh, the eight two standing reach. I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm flat out guessing that with Darren Williams. Well, he, he, yeah, he, he, might be he definitely had the, like that that bulk size that like, yeah, like a lot of point guards don't. It's you know, Jason has um actually like. What's the full extension of your reach? Can you do that for us? Oh, I'm like five five ish, and my reach is probably like five four ish. <laughs> Jason can only reach his hand slightly below his forehead. Forehead, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that was above your forehead. Stop it. This <laughs> um, is my strong suit, but yeah, no, dude. Yeah, Darren Williams just like yeah, never it. got in those situations, and I yeah definitely could have played a different role on you know some. some I'd say he'd be the second guy in this draft still. Oh, for um, sure. Like, all things considered. Um, and then, yeah, um, with contending role players, I went with three guys. And um, one of them is Danny Granger, because I feel like at Danny Granger's peak, he was probably that. Probably that. Like, yes, he, he was, like, just mainly a scorer and all that. But he um, – yeah, like, Danny Granger was pretty damn good when he was uh, – at his peak and like had a, a few really high scoring seasons. And then I think it was also part of like the Indiana teams when they were like in the realm of contention. They're like, uh, they're like a frustrating playoff team. You know, like they, they yeah. give you they give you a good series, but they, they never got over like that, that hump. I would say Andrew Bogut definitely counts there. And he was um, a pretty big part of the first Golden State Warriors championship team. And, um, yeah, he I, – I know some people will say that Andrew Bogut not playing uh, in 2016 was the reason that the Warriors um, lost the NBA Finals. I disagree with that statement. Yeah, no, I think, I think Bogut's a very skilled player. I think the only problem for him is the more you learn about him off the court, obviously he moves down a lot of tiers and lists. Yeah. Freaking nut job. But, no, he was – yeah, he was, he was a decent player. You know, like, definitely – Australian legends, and he, when he was healthy, like ridiculous defender, really good passer, um, good around the basket, like good smart player. Kind of player. The Golden State brought back after he finished in Australia for the year. You know, like he came on for that just you know like end of season playoff run. Yeah, super. Yeah. To lose the NBA Finals, that's yeah, what I mean, they need to have you know him there. Um, another guy. I, I this is like maybe pushing it with him. Um, but I, I think he would have been a pretty crucial player for the Clippers team if they went further this year. Lou Williams, who's another player, as, I, as I've always said, like when you're trying to find a bench scorer, like everybody is comparing people in the draft to Lou Williams. You're oh, all going to get a Lou Williams microwave type scorer, a uh, guy who's ridiculous in isolation, uh, gaining his own shot off the bounce, super fast, and can put up points in a hurry. Um, so, yeah, Lou Williams – I have as a contending role player. Now on to role players. I could probably, I don't know, I guess the reason he's a role player is because of the length of his career, likely. But the, he was pretty crucial to a couple championship teams, and that's Andrew Bynum. I, I remember, at least for, like, one of them, I called it, like, the corpse of Andrew Bynum. Like, 
because he was so injured. He felt he he still felt like off. one of their most crucial players. Also, I feel for the Lakers. Like at that at that time, it was like again you had you had Bynum on the on the block in the low post. You had Powell in the high post, and then you had Kobe outside. Like that yeah. was such a good like. Or like an Ariza. Well, you had Lamar Odom. You had an Ariza or Those were the three core. The three core guys of that team were just. And like Bynum was big. like Bynum had that potential as his, as his no. but yeah. obviously like you know injuries just caught up with him quickly and maybe some attitudinal things along the way. But yeah, like those those Lakers championship teams with Bynum, like he was a very good player. But yeah, unfortunately his career doesn't hold up to that. Um, another player who never was like obviously got outplayed by the people he was drafted um, in front of, but. Still was a, a pretty solid role player, I would say, is uh, Marvin Williams. Like, you know, good shooter, defender, could defend multiple positions. Um, just announced that he's retiring. He was with Milwaukee. He was with years on Atlanta. He was with Utah. Um, so, yeah, Marvin Williams is another guy I'd say role player. Uh, David Lee, role player, made an all-star game. Yeah. And then when the Warriors finally got really good, like they were bad for so long with like David Lee as their guy. And then when they got really good, David Lee just stopped playing. Yeah. <laughs> completely. So yeah, he, he probably would have been best as like a, a rural guy, um, but still, you know, was playing up numbers. Um, it drops off after this, uh, I'll say quite a bit uh, after David Lee. Uh, Martin Gortat, um, who, who was good, but you know, yeah, I'd say is you definitely would consider him a role player. Uh, Monte Johnson, Monte uh, Ellis. What? Monte Ellis in this draft as well. Oh, for sure. Had some super. Oh, good point. Yeah. Had some super, super strong years. Yeah, I don't know how. I guess I just forgot to put Monte on my list, but yeah, we'll add Monte Ellis for sure. Yeah. Um, Channing Fry. No, Channing Fry, solid, solid, solid. Career stretch big, yeah. That was a big t- like for the while. If you were thinking of a stretch big, it was pretty much Shane Fry. Um, I would say Raymond Felton. Um, he's a d- definitely a role player, like, not like yeah. if, if Raymond Felton was one of the best players on your team, odds are your team wasn't going very far. But he, he but, I mean, at, that point, at that point, you could throw Nate Robinson at the same, yeah, category, like, probably. Because um, uh, Nate Robinson, at least again, was never probably going to be your, your starting guy, you know, due to size kind of things. But like Raymond Felton was always kind of slightly disappointing. Um, so CJ Miles, who's still around, um, you wonder for how much longer, but like really solid shooter. I don't know about the the D part of the three and D, but like a guy who can get you some buckets, um, decent size as wing. And uh, one of the last high school guys, um, as this was last year for Prep to Pro, yeah. um, and then Ursan Ilyasova, another one of those like stretch four kind of guys. You don't know how old he actually is. Uh, <laughs> one of the, the guys from Turkey who there were lots of rumors about how old he was and everything, but he en- he ends up having a, a pretty solid NBA career and uh, being a role guy on a, a few different teams. Um, so yeah. And I would say Jared, Jared, I say Jared Jack also, you know, had a couple, couple. Yeah. Games as a, you know, as a role guy. Jared Jack is is just I'll I'll have him just outside of that, um, but yeah. So when you're like 
considering the rest of the, the uh, draft class. So this is one where they have 24 guys who have a 10-year career. Um, and then they have 35 who play over six. So, yeah, it's interesting. And then the, the amount of games, it, it varies and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, so just uh, where, as we say, like, you know, about like 15, 16 guys who are pretty solid and obviously like variations from the, the top and along the way. Um, 2006. Yeah. This is a tough yeah. one. Now's, now's, where the fun, now's where the fun really begins when you're really going to take a deep look at it. Uh... 2006, so 2000, as we say, 2005 is last year of Prep to Pro. And it shows. It wasn't a really strong, like, Prep to Pro class. Like, obviously, there are a few guys who turn out pretty good. Like, you have Lou Williams, you have uh, Monte Ellis, and Andrew Bynum, at least for a while. Those are all um, second round, like, the, other than Bynum, those are second round guys. That were really yeah, yeah. Sort of... And then, yeah, C.J. Miles, who had a long career. Um but yeah, so the, that class usually the the um, prep to pro guys would kind of like take out that class, but that class like wasn't super deep anyway w- with the guys going to college, and that's the year they decide that um, you have like people in the 2006 high school class, of course, Greg Oden and Kevin Durant, yeah. and you're just like, okay, you guys have to go to college. <laughs> that's when they make the you know you need to be one year removed and make the age limit and so they knew that draft was going to be pretty much a train wreck yeah, um, no. nobody wanted the number one pick in that draft the team that got the number one pick in that draft is of course the Toronto Raptors who were finally allowed to get the number one pick yeah, after, after yeah, their moratorium of being able to get the number one pick um, you can see I'm not very bitter about it but um, yeah, I have two Hall of Famers from this draft and there would have been a third for sure, but he unfortunately got hurt. Um, but the two Hall of Famers that I have are um, LaMarcus Aldridge and Kyle Lowry. And LaMarcus Aldridge and Kyle Lowry, I think, are, are the guys, if you, you were to, to do a redraft, you would kind of uh, go between those two guys. LaMarcus has had um, been like a solid player for a longer period of time. Kyle Lowry, of course, doing like the little things and getting further over the last number of years and has been a probably oh, a better player in the league for the last few years. Team, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And obviously was, a, I, I would say, the third best player on a championship team uh, when the Raptors won their title. Yeah. Um, very important. Yeah. And just has been super valuable and has made the Raptors either overachieve or just like do well for a really long time and has made all those all-star games as well. And um, it, hurts, it hurts to see this too. And, and, and just because of injury. Brent, yeah. So Brent, I have Brendan Roy in the next yeah. category. I have him as Absolutely. the contending piece. But I think it's Brendan Roy were healthy. Yeah. He would either be like the first or second best player on a competing team. Um, he just was really, really good when he was healthy. Yeah. And seemed to be at least, shooting towards that um the blazers did look like they were set up to compete and then just injuries struck and uh you know greg odin of course got hurt um one time like wesley matthews they kind of were thinking on him to be able to play and he wasn't around um yeah there were lots of things that hit the the blazers pretty hard 
Yeah, um, Brandon Roy just goes on to that. that but yeah, Brandon, Brandon Roy would have been a contending piece, and I, I feel I have to put him there, even though in a redraft you probably just go with him a little bit lower because of um, how short his career was, unfortunately. I think, I think body of work provided was so, was so high. Um, then I have uh, another contending piece is Paul Millsap. I just think he's, he's been so solid over his career. And then, like, you know, he was one of the better players on those Atlanta teams that were really good. Um, granted, they got waxed, but... Um, hey, but he was, he was still, out there, he's still out there on Denver. You know, like... Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I, I would say he, he's probably more, like, contending role player-ish, but he, he's, again, he's in that, like, gray area of, like, yeah. could have been, like, maybe, like, the third or fourth best player on a championship team. Um, and then, uh, like, especially at his peak, I, I guess Rondo probably goes there. I have him as a contending role player, and he was my only one in the 2006 draft. Um, so, yeah, I, I had him – because I, I felt like when Boston was, like, winning their championships, like, he was firmly, like, their fourth or so guy. Yeah. Um, may, maybe in, in 2010 he was, like – had kind of gotten into the third guy territory. I, you probably put him in uh, – you know, uh, contending pieces, but yeah, he, he's hovering around one of those areas. And obviously he, uh, had some great moments in this championship run this past year and playoff Rondo seems to be a, a thing. Um, and he shows up in the postseason and, uh, has had a really solid career and made a few all-star teams like, uh, you know, Rondo, one of the best players from that draft. Um, and then role players, I don't have a ton. <laughs> yeah. That's this draft like really yeah I, I think injuries really hit this draft like pretty hard but yeah like there just aren't a ton who I would consider like even like the role player level Rudy Gay I, I think you have to have in there JJ Redick yeah for sure uh, one of the best shooters in NBA history uh, Tavo Sepalosha was just always a guy who um, seemed to you know make some other teams uh, better. Um, and then, oh, is this one where? Is it, is it interesting? Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, damn. Uh, PJ Tucker is definitely in this as well. Um, yeah. So I, I'd have PJ Tucker. And then, um, the, the last one, this, it's hard for me to say this because he, he didn't really have a great career and, but I, I just feel like there were flashes where if you were in the right situation, he could have been a pretty decent role player. Andrea Bargnani. Like, he he was talented. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. He just shouldn't have been, like, the second or third best player on a team. Like, he, he was talented. And, like, if, if he were, like, that offensive big off the bench, I don't know. I guess his defense was just so horrendous. Yeah. But I, I still I, I still roll with the Andrea Bargnani being like a pretty talented player thing. No, totally, totally for sure. It's just yeah, it's, it's hard because you have to look at him in that that goggles up. He was the first pick. Your your bar is always set, you know, high on that. But no, I think again, good good player. But yeah, like definitely towards the lower you know tier of this. And then you know some of the other guys you know at the top of this draft, obviously like more Adam Morrison injuries, Tyrus Thomas just horrible at <laughs> yeah. that was his biggest detriment it wasn't great um yeah you know like 
Sheldon Williams kind of flamed out. Like there's so. Oh many- man, yeah, Sheldon Williams just went way too high. Yeah, there's um, so many guys in this draft, and then there's like interesting guys in this draft too that had like long careers, but like, eh. You've like your Steve Novak, like he got 11 years in. You got like Ryan Hall. Yeah, because he was a great shooter. Like that, obviously, he was had the one skill that really stood out. Ryan Hollins did 10 years in the league. Like, yeah, now he's a horrendous announcer. And yeah, um, yeah, 10 year careers in this draft, 12. Yeah, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty, this and I, I think it'll be 13 next year with uh, PJ Tucker. But yeah, because PJ Tucker spent a lot of time in Europe, and yeah, there 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 were a number of years where it took PJ Tucker to make it to the NBA uh, before he became like a, a solid player, and I'd say had one of the better careers of anybody in this draft. No, totally. Um, Again, he probably has the most sneakers of everyone in this draft combined, so he's doing all right for himself. Yeah, he's living his very best well. Life. Could be. Pick up the PJ Tucker, the sneaker. Yeah, very well could be. Then when you go to the six-year threshold, you had twenty-four people. Um, and then if you go to seven years, you have 19, um, eight, you have 17. So yeah, not a ton of guys with like super long or prestigious careers here. And I'm like, I couldn't even get to like a full 14 guys. So it was, um, a week draft at the time and like a week draft in, in historical perspective too. Like it's, yeah, it's really now, 2007, I think wasn't necessarily as weak of a, like it definitely wasn't. Because you get a player there who um, I have in like a higher tier than uh, the past few drafts. Um, so yeah, from 2004 to 2006, you have um, five Hall of Fame guys. But then in 2007, you get back to a level that I think everybody would want in their uh player from any given draft, a championship centerpiece. Yeah. And that is Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant is, I would say, one of the best scorers in NBA history. Uh, top 15 or so player, likely going to be top 10. Uh, hopefully he's, he's healthy and has um, at least, you know, like five or six good years, maybe more. Um, but yeah, he missed this entire season, obviously. And you just feel like he's a seven footer. He's seven feet tall. Like everybody knows this. He's seven feet tall. He has like this insane wingspan and he um, has skills that like nobody his size has ever had. And everybody tries to emulate, but like nobody has really come close. No, you have to, you also have to be that, yeah, that like, seven feet with that insane wingspan that he has just like the way he gets a shot off like yeah he's a definitely a generational how well he shoots that's the other thing like ridiculous shooter and finally wins his rings uh with golden state and is the best player in both of those finals with golden state um at least for golden state i should say he and lebron had a, a fun matchup but yeah he plays like Incredible basketball in both those finals. Played well even in the, the first NBA finals that he was in also, like just from a perspective of like being one of the best scorers in the NBA. Like, and if you have to compare him to LeBron James, you're probably taking Kevin Durant as a scorer. You're just taking LeBron for everything else, like in finishing at the basket and everything. But even Kevin Durant's great at that. He's like unstoppable in the post because he can just shoot over yeah, everybody. Shoot over. The, you have to fall for 
all of his moves. But yeah, so 2007, uh, you feel like there were two championship centerpieces, but there ends up being one, and that's Kevin Durant. Um, Hall of Famers. I'm going with two. They may be a stretch. Yeah. But I'm going with two, and I'm going with uh, Marcus Gasol, and I'm going with Al Horford. And it's, it's tough to say either, um, but I, I just think they were good. Multiple all-star teams um, and like have been on like a number of contending teams also. Um, teams that have like almost got to the championship and then finally Marcus Gasol gets to the championship, albeit like as like I'd say probably like the fifth best player on that team, uh, but still wins an NBA championship, won a defensive player of the year, uh, his work with Spain. And then Al Horford, I, I just think has been good for a really long time. Uh, the contract with Philadelphia, I think, is obviously like a damper on that team situation. Yeah, it that. yeah, it's hard to take away that Al Horford has been like a really solid NBA player for a number of years. And um, yeah, I, I, I feel like he's probably done enough to make the Hall of Fame. At the very, so if he wouldn't, I would have to have him as a contending piece also. Uh, but I don't have any contending pieces in this draft. I have contending role players, and I have that as Mike Conley Jr., who is one of the best players never to make an NBA All-Star team. Yeah, and Joe Noah, who made an NBA All-Star team and was a good player on some really good teams. But um, I, I would say he's a competitor, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say he, he was a contending piece, and maybe he could have been in like, his best of times. But yeah, of the four all stars in this draft, like he is, uh, I would say, a, a level below the other three, which are Kevin Durant, Marcus Gasol, and Al Horford. Um, and then part of that was injuries and in his career also. Uh, role players, not a ton, I feel. And I have uh, Thaddeus Young, who, you know, has been a good role player, been able to score with some teams, done some decent things in the playoffs. Jeff Green who um, did some good things for Houston this past year, but has done some good things in the past also. And I think was a real crucial part to um, Cleveland making the NBA finals in 2018. Um, and uh, Marco Bellinelli, I have as a role player, just, yeah, he's not necessarily putting your team over the top, but he's a, he was a fantastic shooter. Aaron Aflalo, I feel like at his high points, was also like a, a good role player. So I have him there as well. But yeah, after that, it gets like pretty slim pickings. <laughs> like, I said, yeah, again, like I think, I think maybe because he never played on like really good teams, yeah. was Nick Young. I think he had the talent level. Yeah. You know, he, he's or that, it's just, I think, again, like focus yeah. and. And, you know, like, again, he was – like, his his peak days were, like, the times when the Lakers when, like, nobody was watching because, like, Kobe was hurt. And then it was just, like yeah. – It's just Nick Young was so one-dimensional, too. Oh, he's just – that, that, That's the reason why I leave him off. And, like, his dimension wasn't as good as, like, a Marco Bellinelli. Um, he's a super, super nice person, so, like, I, I... – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like – you know, when we got to watch Nick Young play like people who weren't in the NBA. Yeah, this is a so so Michael and I we went to go watch a, a friend of a friend of his was was playing in kind of like a like an open run for kind of like professional players of, of all. Shout out to Nathan. Professional players of like all levels, and Nick Young shows up, and this is the summertime in Los Angeles. It is 
it is a little toasty outside, but Nick Young shows up in like full on pants, like kind of like a shirt. Like he looks like he just came out of a club. Uh, I would say they were Adidas Capris. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. got, like, he looks like he came out of like, he called, they were full on pants. Yeah, he's still got his, like, <laughs> they were mostly pants. Like, he's still got like jewelry on and everything like that. And he like literally just walks in the gym. And of course, like there's that like sort of like awe. You're like, because you're watching these guys, and you're like, you recognize a lot of these guys from college and and stuff like that. You've heard of them, and then you see Nick Young, and it's like, oh, this guy's at a completely different level. And he literally just comes, plays for a little while, destroys everybody's hopes and dreams, and then just leaves, <laughs> like peacefully leaves to probably go, you know, into his Bentley and back to a club. Like, yeah, I, I just uh, as a fa- fan, like, and I, I've met him on a number of instances, and I have some mutual friends, like, love Nick Young as a person, but yeah, just focus determination. Like, those were kind of his his issues in the NBA core instinct. Obviously, for role players, like personally, selfishly, like obviously Aaron Brooks. Yeah, again, he, I, I, I was thinking that also. He had a couple good. He had a couple um, good finishers. As much as I love him, like yeah, he, he like when he was at his best, he was that. But yeah, it's just no. I think when, I, when you when you take yeah. like the entire body of work into account. Um, oh, he definitely had a Chandler was somebody that I thought about putting on the list too, but just left him off. Yeah, he had some theories um, like when the Lakers couldn't guard point guards. Like that was their thing. It was like Derek Fisher was a point guard, like wasn't really necessarily gonna match up against a you know quicker, quicker guy. But it's oh just, yeah, like Aaron Brooks was just like waterbug quick and like could get his own shot. And, you yeah. definitely you definitely get some good longevity. It's it's interesting. There's some guys that have longevity too that you're like, you're Josh McRoberts of the world, and you're like, Yeah. You did eleven. Like, like for instance, like Bren Wright, like plays ten years, but only plays four hundred and twenty-eight games. Yeah. Uh, Josh McRoberts only plays four hundred thirty-three. Like, yeah. You, so you have um, twenty guys who play over ten years. Um, then yeah, Carl Landry should have like. He, Carl Landry was also a guy that I seriously thought about. Tiago Splitter too. Ducky um, as well had like a. Yeah, I don't know. He was just yeah. He was also like a really one-dimensional guy. Uh, yeah, um, and was never on like really good teams. <laughs> that was the, the that big was, thing. Yeah. That that obviously always hurts a legacy. Oh, Rudy, man. Yeah, but Rudy, Rudy, like, Rudy, Rudy only played four good. years in the NBA. That is, <laughs> yeah, he would he would have been personal been personal fave. Loved yeah. Rudy Fernandez, but again, four years in the NBA, and yeah. unfortunately, I just and then he's he's played in Euroleague for years and been a great player there. Yeah, yeah. Just, the NBA wasn't meant for like. Yeah, it was just too bad. Really really just, uh, pick it out. Well, oh, totally. He was one of the more fu- enjoyable players to watch during those during those years in Portland. Yeah. So yeah, I really don't have too many players from this draft, uh, but yeah, you you get the one huge player, and then you get a couple guys who are who are quite good, albeit like you know. The big positions, uh, yeah, like a lot of this draft had just tons of big guys, and uh, if you look through it, you'll see like <laughs> they aren't necessarily like the the guys that you strive for today, and like the primary initiators or like um, the three uh, and D guys. Like not a ton of those in this draft. So uh, if you had a chance to get them, I, I'm guessing uh, you would have been pretty happy. Um, but uh, yeah, like. Probably the best, like, three and D, technically. Like, uh, uh, you're not counting Kevin Durant because he's, like, you know, you're everything. But, uh, like, Aaron Aflalo might have been, like, pretty yeah. much the guy that you would go after there. Yeah. Uh, it's, a weird, it's a weird draft in, in hindsight, for sure. And especially, like, obviously, Greg Oden. Yeah, and definitely in hindsight. You know, Greg Oden, Greg Oden injury obviously skews everything. 
for, for historical purposes of what you know was the expectation at the time. Yeah. Um, so moving on to 2008, this was a draft that had like a really deep freshman class, or at least it was considered that. But many of them turned out to be pretty good players. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say the, well, the best player in this draft ended up being a, a sophomore. Um, and the guy that I have is the Hall of Fame. I, I have him as the only Hall of Fame guy. You could probably argue one more, but I have uh, Russell Westbrook. I guess you could argue Kevin Love. I will, I will, yeah, I was going to say, I put Kevin You're Love. going to argue Kevin Love? I would argue for Kevin Love. Let me have it. Because I think, I think in Minnesota, he was such a, a force of his scoring and rebounding. They never made the playoffs. They never, they're a they dreadful team. <laughs> but he, you know, he does redeem himself being, you know, on those championship, that championship team with LeBron. Yeah. And I, I just think he was. Where he, where he was, like, the fourth best player. Oh, totally. Because obviously he had Kyrie as well. And like, maybe, maybe he was the fourth best player. Oh, Tristan played better than him for sure. I, I think J.R. Smith might have been playing better in that series. In the series. Dare you. In the series. That yeah. Is, I, I think Kevin might have been the fifth best player in that series. I don't know. I, yeah, I, tough time against Golden State, man. I think just Kevin, you know, as far as just like scoring, rebounding, I, I – He made five all-star teams. Yeah. Um, and hopefully yeah, – like I, I certainly think there's a case for him. And, and he, he, would, he would be like my second guy in that draft. And hopefully he gets himself out of Cleveland and can, you know – like he won't have two more years. Yeah, have two more years on. But just like think about it. Also, like guys in this class have played twelve years. Yeah, like that's pretty crazy. Like that's the. I know, like careers are longer and everything like that, but like odds are, like not much is happening for a number of these guys in these next few years. Like, oh, totally, a lot it's of downhill from here. Like, have, have hit, have hit, have hit the end of the road. I mean, I think Kevin still has a couple, you know, you know, years he can do. You know, because again, now he's he's like really extended his his shooting ability. Oh, he's had that for years, man. No, no, he has. Like, even in high school. I mean, I remember we went to go see this one game with Kevin Love when he was in high school against this school called Westview in Oregon that had a big guy that ended up committing to Gonzaga, but never like. Andy Pauling. Andy yeah. Pauling. And, and Kevin Love. He I weighed think, about 200 pounds. Kevin Love did miss one three-pointer in that game, to my recollection, but I swear he hit every other shot he took, and like free throws included, and just was dominant. Yeah. Insanely dominant against someone who was, you know, skinny, but like taller than him, and just, just like made him feel like an amateur. Like, Kevin was 270. This guy was 200. Like, yeah, if he was on a good day. It was over. Um, so, yeah, I have um, – so the guys I have as contending pieces are – I do put Kevin there because um, he was. And then, uh, like, th- that year before, I think he would have been even better And uh, if Olenek hadn't ripped his uh, shoulder out of his socket. Um, and then I, I have to have Derrick Rose because when Derrick Rose was at his best, he was definitely a contending piece. And he still, and he, still he, he was on like the best in the league, won MVP, um, won the first game of the series, then proceeded to get his ass stomped in uh, 2011. But I um, think he still has those flashes in games sometimes of like, this is a really. Yeah. Would say no. <laughs> like he's he's 
he's fine, but that, like he's having flashes and games for a team that is like one oh, of the worst, teams, the worst teams in the league. Yeah, but exactly. And, like when he was on Cleveland, like Cleveland was just like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I know, obviously, that never looks good. On yeah. Um, so I, I have this next guy is a contending role player, but he, he looked like a contending piece this year, like honestly, uh, before he got hurt, unfortunately, but uh, Goran Dragic, who um, at the very least, I, I think you have to call him a contending role player, like just such a unique finisher, great shooter. Um, I'm guessing still has a couple um, years left. Like he made the all-star game. It's like, at such a late age too. And like, it seems like, Hopefully this player fasciitis is, isn't too bad because I, I think he could have a, a couple more good years, but yeah, probably not many more from him, but still has had a, a very good career. Um, DeAndre Jordan, I think you, you put in that. Um, I, the reason I don't call him, like I was thinking of contending piece with him, um, but I just, yeah, I just think offensively, like he, he yeah, wasn't there, like, like, like you can't, he can't be on the court at the end of the game, you know, at the end of that tight game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, the, the, that, but like, yeah, he just, uh, he was, he was really limited at times and uh, yeah, he, he's had a really good career, but yeah, I, I think more contending role player with him. Uh, Serge Ibaka is another one where I think more contending role player. Um, but still, like, was a six-man for an NBA championship team and was, like, the third or fourth best player on, like, a number of pretty good teams. Um, Roy Hibbert, another guy who I go contending role player, was on some good Indiana teams. Um, he – did Roy Hibbert make the 10-year mark? Uh, let's see. Nine. Roy. Nine. But I will say Roy this gets, about Roy gets you know, super tall person. He's also the tallest person I've ever seen in person wearing Ed Hardy. Those are his two guys. Oh, wearing Ed Yeah. I met taller people than Roy Hibbert, but none of them were wearing Ed Hardy. They all had better fashion sense than that. But Roy. You got a point, sir. You got a point. Um, I have George Hill. He's been on a number of really good teams. and solid, solid. Attending role guy. Brooke Lopez. Um, this year, I, th- I feel like he, he was one. Uh, granted, in the playoffs, they eventually get waxed, so maybe not. But yeah, he's he has to be up there uh, in this draft, also. Um, then I go to role players. I have Danilo Gallinari, and I think he could be a contending role player, but it's just like he really has never been on a team that seems to be in contention. Uh, so that pr- hurts. I don't know. It just gives me some pause and, and putting him there. Um, but, you know, obviously a great scorer and um, still a valuable player in the league and I think has a few more good years left. Uh, Nicholas Batum, who I, I would have loved to have seen uh, be a contending role player, but I, I think you just have to put him as a role player and feel like his career is pretty much over. If Brandon Roy stays healthy, Portland stay, you know, stays on this course. Yeah, like Batum's yeah. in a different light, but Courtney Lee, I thought about contending role, but he, yeah, like even when he was with Orlando in like starting, he uh, he wasn't necessarily like a guy you were like, oh, I'm like stoked on Courtney Lee. Um, yeah, he, he was more of a role guy. JaVale McGee, definitely a role guy. Um, maybe having him slightly too high in this equation, but 
he's been on some good teams over the last little while and he's a he's a fun player and uh good in limited minutes um ryan anderson uh is a guy who i, I just feel like when he was at his best like he was a, a pretty good role oh, player not amazing teams but yeah he he was a good role player yeah he's a good stretch stretch big guy a good offensive rebounder um then in this draft, you also have like Maurice Spates and uh, Michael Beasley, of course. But, you know, um, Robin Lopez also, you know, like again, like oh yeah, Rolo. Not 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 as you know stout offensively. As oh Robin. damn, dude! Oh god, the guy I forgot is Eric Gordon. He should absolutely be in. Uh, I I would have him at like after Danilo and role players. So yeah, yeah. he's 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 fitting a good role right now in Houston. Yeah, you know, obviously their offense might change next year, but. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have like about 15 guys there. I've named a couple more. Oh, yeah, DJ Augustine is probably in the mix too um, to be among that group. Um, in this draft, you have um, 21 guys with over 10 year careers, an amazing 34 guys who have played at least six years in the NBA. Um, oh yeah, Nick Pekovic, man. Omar Ashik, remember him? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it turns out to be like a, a decent draft. Probably not like the high end outcome for everybody in this draft. Russ, I think, reaches like his like pretty much top outcome you could think of. Like, I, like you could ask Russ to be a better shooter, but I, I just don't know if he could do much more than what he's done. Like. <laughs> maybe decision-making in certain situations. But yeah, Russell Westbrook has been the best player from this draft. Um, and then there, there have been some other really good careers. So yeah, probably not like your expected scenario for this draft, but still like some really good years out of it and uh, a number of, of really solid players. Um, no, totally so yeah, like this draft went like pretty deep. No, this is a pretty, really this is a pretty, pretty solid, solid draft, especially like, at the top and a little bit later. Um, I, I just said, yeah, unfortunately, just like Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo. Those are kind of misses. But, I mean, I think you make up for that with, like, Love, Westbrook, right after the Lopez choice. Like, I mean, I think there there was some depth to this draft for sure. Mm-hmm. You know who else was one? Joe Alexander. Boom. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to 2009. Uh Talk about like combine wonders, like Joe Alexander. If you're looking at like the draft combine this year, where like everybody was like breaking records, like that was like Joe Alexander. Like, no, it's like, but it's like, broke, like every freaking record, and hey, we're like, oh my god, look how athletic this guy is. And did you do any of it with a basketball hoop? hand? Yeah. <laughs> Can he play? So moving yeah, um, on, 2009. 2009. This was a draft where. You had a, a guy at the top of the draft who you were like, okay, this guy is going number one. It after that there there was conversation. Um, I I don't remember feeling like as stoked on this draft as I was two thousand eight. This draft is way better at the top. Like it's crazy better. I think Harden. I think a lot of people outside of the Pac twelve didn't really see him that much. And I don't know. I I think Harden was still like considered pretty highly the guy that ends up being the best player like from a career perspective just because of everything he's done and accomplished 
Stephen Curry. So um, I have Stephen Curry. He is one of my championship centerpieces, and I have him as at that level. So to me, that is a higher level than anybody else in this class. Um, he has won three championships. You can say he's never been the best player during the finals. I think that's kind of garbledy gook and whatever. Like, I, I just think he's been fantastic and the he's – I, you have to say he's the main reason that Golden State has been as good as they were over those well, five years. Um, and again, he like he made he made it so he's unguardable anywhere within like. Yeah, he like changed the game. Radio, radio yeah. the basket. Comple- like, he completely changed the game of basketball. He was playing it at like a level of efficiency that is just absolutely ridiculous. He's um, he had at least one of the best seasons in NBA history in 2016. Um, yeah, he's uh, one of the 15 best players of all time, too. You could probably go between he and Kevin Durant. You likely take Durant because of career longevity, um, drafted a couple years before, but still, like, yeah. The, the amazing thing to me, like, as I mentioned during the sibling episode, is, like, Stephen Curry doesn't have more points. Like, he, he's missed time due to injury, and that that's, like, a probably a large part of it. But, yeah, so Stephen Curry, to me, number one player in this draft. Um, and then when you go to, I think there are a couple Hall of Famers and, um, they would be one, I, I feel is a higher level than the other. And that's James Harden is the higher level one. And to me, like a top 30 player of all time and probably rising up one of the best scorers in NBA history. As scores, um, he's on that. He's on amazing, that. like uh, revolutionary and next to no one, it, Getting to the free throw line, you can talk about modern rules, whatever. He's winning it. Um, he, gets to the free throw. he knows yeah. how to play this game. He gets there. He really does. He really does. And yeah, like just skill wise, he's ridiculous. Um, Blake Griffin had, he's still a good player, but yeah, I, I feel those two players did quite a bit in front of him. Um, when ESPN did their top 74 players, Blake Griffin, I don't believe, was in there. But I, you'd have to figure he's hovering around there. Um, he's had a, a fantastic career and uh, been part of at least a number of good Clipper teams. Um, would be nice to see him like get traded to a, a team that contends, um, but was traded to Detroit. Um, so yeah. he took the wrong turn. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens then. Well, I, I don't know. If it was necessarily his fault, but yeah, uh, he is there right now. Um, as far as contending pieces, I think you'd rather have one than the other, but I, I, I want to put both of them just because I, I think uh, you have to give this guy like some credit for being on some good teams. I have DeMar DeRozan and Drew Holiday. And word is Drew Holiday is getting traded and you're hoping to a contending team. Uh, it will be very interesting if he does. He is a great guard defender, can defend either guard position and probably even step up and defend the wing. And then uh, provides you like, you know, the offensive kick as well. Um, Yeah, so he, uh, he, I I would say you probably have him over DeRozan if you're looking for like a, a piece for a contending team. But DeRozan was on some really good teams and was a really good scorer in his own right. Yes, he never takes threes and that drives you insane. 
but um, he uh, he could really get buckets. And, oh, yeah, uh, it was a matchup but, issue for a lot of guys. He got the Raptors super far, just unfortunately, yeah, like yeah, unfortunately, LeBron James exists. Yeah, LeBron um, exists, and then like Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi was just that one, you know, notch notch up. Oh, absolutely! Oh, God, come on, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. You, they're, they're, he's no. He, if you're going by my system, he's more than one notch up. Uh, but yeah, um, then contending role players, I have one, and that is Danny Green. And I, I think you just have to put him at this point. He's been on uh, three different championship teams, three different teams. Um, and he, uh, yeah, San Antonio, you got Toronto, and then he won his second in a row this year with uh, the Lakers. And he's still under contract, um, so he'll be back. For the Lakers next year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can say what you want about Danny this year and uh, the shooting struggles. But, yeah, he's – he's. Uh, I, I think you, at the very least, have him as a contending role player because of everything he's done and the fact that he's been on all these championship teams and played a role. Um, and then uh, as far as role players go, I have Jeff Teague, who was at one time an all-star. You could probably have him as a contending role player, but I, I felt like he was maybe like less on Atlanta than some of the other guys I had mentioned. Um, Taj Gibson, I, I think has just had a, a really solid career and was on like some pretty decent teams. I, I'll say Ty Lawson, even though Ty Lawson got like kicked out of China, right? Yeah, he just got kicked out of China for posting a picture at a strip club in China. The girls there are thick. Yeah. Well, you may not be hating on them. We may not be lying. Um, <laughs> Darren Carlson is another guy. Just a, like, you know, pretty good role player. Like, uh, you know, good, like, backup guard, basically. Yeah, or, he has that speed. You know, that I don't uh, Patrick Beverly. Oh, what are you saying about Darren Carlson? I was, he's good, I was saying good speed. But I was going to say Patty Mills. I didn't, you didn't let me finish, Jason. Okay. Um, so I had Patrick Beverly, um, and yeah, obviously was still with Clippers, and now you hear that they're trying desperately to get a uh, point card. But um, yeah, Patrick Beverly is, has his role. And the last guy who I had was Patty Mills, and Patty Mills has been on some good Spurs teams and just a fun, quick guard, like uh, almost like a, a a better version of Aaron Brooks, let's say. And, uh, but not as cool because he didn't go to Oregon, so he uh, he lit Oregon. <laughs> he that's lit that's Oregon, one cool thing they used to do. Because <laughs> the the one thing I was very well aware of when Patty Mills was finally playing for Australia, I was like, oh yeah, that, that was the guy that lit us up. Um, <laughs> that was that was a harsh awakening. Yeah, the one guy you know, like looking back at this draft too, it's like that you know injuries and a lot of things, but just a, a player that. You know, story-wise, I always loved was Dewan Blair. Oh, man. Yeah, the guy with no ACL. Like, he knew he would have a short career. Sure, because he had, <laughs> like, no kneecaps. But, like, but he was also, like, he had a longer career, I think, than uh, Hashim Khabib, right? Like, oh, totally. He, he, he whipped over his back. <laughs> he, did seven, he did seven years in the league. Khabib did five. Yeah. yeah Look like, up Dewan Blair, Hashim Khabib, people. You, you will not be disappointed. It was an awesome thing in college. Oh, Aubrey Caspi, I guess, um, is a possibility there, too. And he was um, – I, I would think Tyreek Evans, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, you even have, like, you know, James Johnson, Wayne Ellington. 
But yeah, I, it's my list. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, Damari Carroll was like the fifth guy on that Atlanta starting lineup where four guys made the all-star team. And then you um, at, well, Ricky Rubio too. And then you look at these. Um, oh yeah, Ricky Rubio, I have to have. Look at this. This was the Minnesota point guard draft special. You get Rubio, Rubio, but you're like, okay, we got a point. We got a point guard now, but you're like, no, 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 we need more. So you go Johnny Flynn. And then you're like, yeah. okay, we have two point guards now. That's great. We have like, and then you're like, no, 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 that's not enough. Let's also get Ty Lawson. But they traded Ty Lawson. I know, but it's still like the dumbest. Yeah, it was, it was weird. You're, you're absolutely correct. It, it was on, weird. It, it made no sense. Schmo will always go down as like, yeah. 10-year um, careers, we have 17. Um, granted that this is only up to 11 years, and Ricky Rubio will join that next year. Uh, I guess Jonas Jarebko is still around too. Pat Bev very well could play two more years and get there. Um, but yeah, so as far as the six-year mark, we have 33 people. Um, and then very many of them not playing like tons of games. And yeah, you're, you're pretty low and like then you're kind of like reaching on some of the rule guys. Um, but yeah, let's move on to 2010. We also have the Dickie V special here. Nicolaitis! Yeah. Goes in this draft. And yeah, so in 2010, obviously, like, okay, so we're finally at the point where, like, the 10-year plateau doesn't really, like, make tons of it's sense. It's applicable, yeah. That, this draft class, like, their 10th year was this last season. But yeah, we'll, we'll still, we'll go over um, at least, like, longevity with them uh, to an extent. Um, but in 2010, the guy that I have in uh, the category of Hall of Famers, I feel like he's already done enough to reach the Hall of Fame, Paul George. And um, yes, it like was pretty agonizing watching Paul George in the playoffs. For, for, playoff, for, for, for someone who called himself Playoff P, he, uh, yeah. And like, I, I did really hate hearing that he was like, kind of like, you know, struggling mentally and stuff like that. So, no, I, I, I like him as a person. Yeah, personally, like I. I touched my heart. Uh, I won't lie. But um, yeah, he did the times. Uh, let's just say for the people, there were some people that were saying that Paul George was the better player between he and Kawhi Leonard. And, and those I people are was, insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Paul George is a great player. <laughs> like, no. Um, but yeah, obviously, like having those two levels of wings, and then he was third in MVP voting um, the season before. Um, but yeah, he. Um, uh, you'll see where I have Kawhi Leonard uh, on this list after that. Um, but yeah, Paul George, I think I feel is like head and shoulders above everybody else in this class. Um, contending pieces, I have two. I have Gordon Hayward who I, I still think can be like a, a pretty good player on a contending team and was looking like a pretty good player for Boston um, as they, you know, had a great series with Miami. Um, and then uh, I still feel like John Wall has never really, like Washington's never really, to me, like, been a contender. Gone that far, yeah. But John Wall could be that. Like, yeah, like I, I just feel like he, he's pretty special and uh, – I'm guessing he'll come back and, and still be pretty good. And I could still see John Wall being a pretty good player on a pretty good team. Um, so that's why I have him there. And they're like two guys who like, I think still could, if they add a little bit more to their resume, like still could hit the hall of fame plateau. Um, I had to have this guy as a contending role player 
but he's never like really been that yet. Like even when he was on Golden State, like it was kind of weird. Um, and then obviously didn't get the chance this year on the Lakers. It would have been really interesting to see how he fit in if he, he were healthy. Um, but DeMarcus Cousins, I, I just feel like, you know, he, you could see him being uh, one of like the four or five best guys on a competing team. Oh, just, yeah, he hasn't really right. happened for him in the, like the best manner so far. Um, yeah, he's had a terrible injury luck with those Achilles. Yeah. Um, Derek Favors is another guy who I feel like, you know, could be like a, a big man on like a really good contending team. Um, and then Eric Bledsoe, who obviously was uh, one of the better players on Milwaukee. Um, it just so happens that Milwaukee hasn't hit um, the finals yet and kind of had that disappointing exit in the playoffs. And then uh, you hear that he is on uh, the, possibly the trading block as well. Um, role players from this draft from 2010, I, I have a bunch. Um, you can question the effectiveness of all of them, I feel. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, I have something that I'll name. Hassan Whiteside, who obviously you can question just how much he, he means to winning. Greg Monroe, who um, the Raptors luckily, like, cut, I think, like, yeah, had off the team. So they had no lottery picks on their championship team, which was kind of cool when Greg Monroe would have ruined that. So thank you for being cut, Greg Monroe. Um, Lance Stevenson, who at a time was like on, you know, a pretty good Indiana team and gave, uh, I guess uh, it was Cleveland at the time a scare, right? Like, yeah. Was, yeah. And he was, was like, Cleveland? it was a little bit of a, I think it was both, but I remember he was breathing yeah. LeBron's ear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, we always remember. And LeBron played with him, too. Yeah. Also, I say Evan Turner. It's it's tough. It, but you know what? He was, like, pretty crucial during uh, Game 7 against the Nuggets. Um, yeah. The year before. Yeah. yeah he's so, a big, uh, big guy. Game 7 against the Nuggets. The and, taller guy that like, can take the ball in court a little bit. Like, he, he definitely has a, a role, but obviously not someone you want to be, like, your go-to guy or anything. But Yeah. Uh, Avery Bradley, who people kind of missed for the Lakers, um, was a really good, like, first line of defense. Um, but it turns out they did not need him to win an NBA championship. Um, Alfaruk Aminu, like, he's a role player. That's what he is. Oh, that's his – yeah, no, totally. But, you know, he, he, he extended his range a little bit. You know, he, he can yeah. shoot the three. You don't Play some defense. That. Um, yeah. That's Alfaruk. Uh, Ed Davis, you know what he's doing. Um, definitely a role guy, like in the truest sense. And then Patrick Patterson, I think, had some good years as like a role guy too. Um, at least like with Toronto was really solid there and uh, with a few other teams. Um, so yeah, those are like role guys in the truest sense. But yeah, none of them you're necessarily like clamming, clamoring for if you're uh, trying to build a contending team. Um, but still like guys you're kind of okay with. Um, then... So 10-year careers, it's only a few. Right now, it's just nine guys. I think there will be, obviously, a few more. Like, you know, John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins miss a, an entire season. Um, Lance maybe still gets back in the league. I'm not sure. Uh, Hassan could certainly play, like, a couple more years. Uh, but, yeah, it will be very few from this draft. And then um, guys who have had six-year careers or longer, you only had uh, 25. 
yeah. yeah. Got a few like you're, you're... Not even a first round. Or, yeah, and then Nembalitsa, I think uh, next year I'll make it 26. But yeah, not too many more who I think you have to worry about or wonder about. Um, so moving on to 2011, we have another championship centerpiece. <laughs> Um, and that is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's a championship centerpiece, people. Oh, 100%. It happened. And uh, yes, it may not have happened this year. Don't be so sure it doesn't next year. Like, it can still happen. Yeah, we'll, cool. we'll, see, we'll see what the Clippers do. Um, I, I think it's going to be like a tougher time for them. And like, you know, they, they'll have a cap situation to deal with. And, you know, they had some uh, outgoing. Free agents likely. Um, a new, but, new yeah. coaching situation, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, what situation? New coaching, you know, like new coaching. Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll have a, uh, a different championship coach. And um, so, yeah, you have Kawhi Leonard uh, as your championship centerpiece. Hall of Famers. But again, in this one, you have three. I, I, I think these guys have already cemented their case as Hall of Famers. You got Kid Kyrie, Uncle Drew, let's get buckets. Oh, yeah. Second best player on a championship team. Um, still could be on a few more contending teams. Let's hope health permits and let's hope that he says less crazy shit. Um, you have Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was the best player on a final team this year. And he, um, like, hovering around top 10 best player in the league, um, has been a really good player for a number of years and a guy that you can at least build a solid playoff team around um, and I think could possibly be, like, the second best player on a championship team if uh, he gets into the right situation. And then you have Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has three championship rings. He's one of the best shooters in NBA history. Um, this this entire year, unfortunately, but we'll be back. And I think has uh, a number of good years. A lot of good shit left in him. Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, I think uh, definitely shooting up towards being like a top, you know, 70, 80 player in NBA history. And I think we'll get even higher. Um, And then the guy I have just below that, and I, I think they're still is a chance and I at least called him a contending piece. Cause I think in the right situation, he could be one. Um, it's Kemba Walker. So I had Kemba there. Contending role players. I have one who did it and like, just was that. And you hear that there are a number of teams that are very interested in the services and the Los Angeles teams and uh, Toronto, Tristan Thompson. I feel was likely like the third guy on that Cleveland team that won the NBA championship. He was just like such a good matchup against them. Got those crucial rebounds was really good defender. Um, Yeah. He he had a really good series. Um, So yeah, you had Tristan at least play that role. A guy who I feel like could have in the, the right situation is Tobias Harris. Another guy, like, with, like, the Al Horford, like, contract thing, like, just got overpaid, but still is a very good player. And I I think, like, in the right circumstances, like, you know, if he wasn't making, like, $30 million, like, would 
be a very valuable sort of fourth piece. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, then uh, role players have a bunch. Um, Nikola Vucevic, he um, has been an all-star before and I, I think in the best situation possible would be like, you know, a solid center with like a just ridiculous roster built around him or not around him, but like him part of that uh, rather than being like, you know, the team's best player, but yeah, kind of tough to, to do that with him. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas. uh, I, could you say like the Raptors wouldn't win the championship with Jonas? I think it would have been harder. And like, I I just think Marcus all was kind of what they needed at the time, but Jonas still like just is a guy who is, going to put up numbers and be like a, you know, a matchup issue for a number of teams because he is huge and uh, he yeah. is talented around the basket. Um, the Morris twins, I have both of them. I have Marcus, I have Markeith. As we saw this year, um, they were good role players. Good teams. <laughs> yeah. Not the size of Los Angeles. But In yeah. different ways, but yeah. Um, Keith, of course, throwing a pass into oblivion. And then coming back oh, that next year. He watched game. the movie The Sixth Man the night before, so he thought that Kadeem Harrison was going to be there for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out uh, that was it, it, was, uh, it was definitely more Dwayne Wayne than Dwayne Wade. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Um, Isaiah Thomas. He's so much fun. And, like, he's a guy that you could see, like, it would have been perfect, like, as that sixth man off the bench and then had, like, the huge season before. So, like, Maybe we're like even like under ranking him, but yeah, I, I just had him there as a role player. Um, certainly was better than that in his best year, but I think collectively you probably uh, put him there. And then um, I have two guys, uh, two European guys, one who, who's out of the league, but I, I think you have to have him and I, I think would have fit that role to a T. And uh, that's Nikola Miritich. Um, and then the other one who unfortunately was hurt this year in the playoffs, uh, as Utah gave Denver everything they had, and maybe this guy would have put Utah over the top. Who knows? Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic um, is the guy that I have there, and that is uh, the 2011 draft. So those are the players and the categories. Reed had, you know, showed a couple good years, but Denver wasn't that great at that time. Who? Kenneth Fareed. Oh, Kenneth Fareed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. obviously, like, the one player that's probably, you know, like, if there was a thing above championship centerpiece, it would be whatever Jimmer Fredette is. Yeah, true enough. But what about Derek Williams, man? <laughs> I'm, 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 team, I'm team Jimmer. All in on Derek. Yeah, I was actually really high on Derek Williams at the time. So, guys who have played um, – at least six years in the NBA, you already have 31. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then a number who are just like kind of like out of the league. And yeah, I wish this thing just showed like active players. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then like we're saying, we're getting to Kenneth Fareed. Like, yeah, you just kind of wonder. Because it, it feels like when Denver started getting good is like when they like stopped playing Kenneth Reed. <laughs> yeah, like he kind of like his day kind of came, but there like there was a period. Yeah, 
But it's like, yeah, yeah that window is sustained enough to like look back on him like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's move on to 2012. And we have, so I have these three guys as Hall of Famers, different levels each, I feel. Um, I have Anthony Davis as a Hall of Famer. I don't have him as a championship centerpiece. He he's like almost there. Like he's yeah. really close. But yeah, he um yeah, so I, I right now I have him as a Hall of Famer, but I have him as a very high level Hall of Famer, and I think he's like in the he's going to be in the category really soon of like uh top 25, 30 like best player of all time. Um, and I think we'll get higher. Um and I have Damian Lillard, who I, I feel is like you know, so you have Anthony Davis is like the tier of Hall of Famer. Damian Lillard is another tier of Hall of, Hall of Famer. Then I have the third Hall of Famer, and that's Draymond Green. So to me, those three guys have already done enough to make the Hall of Fame. Um, Draymond is just such a unique and uh, like crazy talent and was like a huge key to unlocking those uh, great Golden State Warriors teams and was – I feel like maybe like the third or fourth best guy. I'm like a member of those teams um, and had some fantastic moments. And it, it, yes, like the last couple of years, I feel like he hasn't been like the Draymond Green of the past, but I still feel like there, there's uh, maybe yeah, like a little be, more to unlock there. We have a role on this team as they, they are still kind of locked in with this, with him, Steph, Clay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like one of the, best defensive players of all time, at least like most versatile. And then this incredible passer, like can kind of start offense. Super high IQ, like on both ends. Oh yeah, yeah, basketball genius. Um, And you could see that from his commentary as well. Uh, And then I have contending pieces. This is another guy, like I, I feel like he's never really been on, like you would say like a contending team. But I feel like he could be a contending piece in the right situation, and that would be Bradley Beal. Um, One of the best scorers in the NBA, uh, really great shooter, can get to the basket. Like, you know, yeah, Bradley Beal. Um, Like, matchup nightmare. Um, The other one I have in contending pieces is um, Chris Middleton, who was – like probably the well, yeah, he's definitely the second best player on Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just kind of wonder now if like he's that second guy, or maybe they need somebody else like um, to help Giannis out. Uh, who knows? But yeah, certainly a, a very good player, and could be like uh, you know your third or fourth guy on like a really really good team, and was the second guy on a really really good team this year. Um, and then contending role players. I have Harrison Barnes because of what he did with Golden State. And like, you know, you saw him in that role. And yes, he was like the fifth or, you know, like sixth guy on that team. Uh, but yeah, like you, you saw what he could do and the versatility that he brings um, in the right situation. Um, the guy who has never really been in that situation, but I feel like if you were in the right situation and this is, 
I, I'm probably with his next contract maybe is Andre Drummond. I just would be kind of interested to see him on like a good, really good, good team, team. Yeah, and good not team. have to be like one of the best couple players on that team. Um, it certainly like has been a fantastic rebounder and, you know, has made a couple all-star teams. Um, and then role players. I, yeah, the, I thought about having him as a continuing role player because of what he did this last year. And then, then he's been on like some good teams in the past. Uh, Jay Crowder. So he was a, at the top of my role players. Um, tough, Evan tough. Fournier, who's been one of Orlando's best players the last few years. Like that's as role player as you can get, considering they've been like in that seven, eight spot. Um, Maurice Harkless. Definitely a guy you would consider like a role guy. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, um, Terrence Ross, Will Barton, and Dion Waiters are my others. So, yeah, just a, a bunch of guys who are like, you know, some decent wings with issues, but still I, I would count them in the role player category. And then if we're talking outside of basketball, I'd also throw Myers Leonard in there because he just seems like, again – Super good dude, and he's probably one of the better players in the league at shotgunning course lights. Um, you speak for yourself. So <laughs> I, he's one of the better ones I've seen. Uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, no, and he's, he's touring the country right now. And his uh, he and his wife they did a, a, a custom coach bus of like core looks like a course light train. Yeah, you could call it like a a rally of sorts. <laughs> um. <laughs> Who else holds the rallies in COVID? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Let's um, go into, like, career longevity. This draft seems to have, at least right now, there are um, 25 guys who have had over six-year careers. And... Yeah, I guess there could be a few more coming up in the future, like Thomas Sadoransky. Um, but yeah, th- that's where we're at right now. As far as guys who have like been in the NBA like that whole time, um, you have 21. So yeah, quite a few guys. It was, it was considered like a pretty good draft. Um, but we get to end on the highest of high notes. Yeah, like this was considered a dreadful draft. And then it ended up having like a couple guys where you're like really impressed. Um, one of them was the 15th pick and he, right now I have him as a hall of famer. Like he's obviously a hall of famer. He could retire now and be a hall of famer. Yeah. Will he be a championship centerpiece? That is a thing where I, I think, I'm guessing that's where he's headed towards, but the guy I have is the much higher level <laughs> between the two Hall of Famers that I have from this class is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like he will be a championship centerpiece. He'll eventually get to that level. Um, I, I would do it now, but yeah, he's never won a championship. So um, yeah, we're, we're thinking that he's likely headed there. Um, and with all of these guys, it's in the right circumstances. But, yeah, he's, you know, a Hall of Famer with a chance to be a championship centerpiece, whereas I don't feel like the other Hall of Famer necessarily has that chance. Uh, but the other Hall of Famer is Rudy Gobert. So you have both of those guys. Um, and, yeah, I, I feel like Rudy Gobert has obviously been, like, uh, 
present yeah yeah it's been on many good teams has helped utah stay relevant for uh quite a long time and um yeah he's uh it is kind of funny that kevin durant like points out is like for like a defensive player of the year he's like really easy to score on but (laughs) (laughs) he has been defensive player of the year and like i was the runner-up to Giannis this year um and yeah like obviously he is this incredible like post defender and uh, rim protector. Um, so yeah, those two guys, head and shoulders above the class. I feel like Giannis, different tier, Rudy, like under that, but I have them both at like the Hall of Famer level. Um, and then um, contending role players. I have Victor Oladipo. I feel like at his best, he was that. You wonder like the last couple years he, he just has not been the same as he was like that last year where he was really, really good. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he's somebody who I, I feel like, you know, you just hope that maybe it was just like injuries and um, something that he can get over, but is a very good player and, you know, is a guy who can help on both ends of the floor. This next player is a guy who's like just a master on like one end of the floor um, but has always just been like below all-star level, um, but still has been the second best player on a team for quite a long time and was the second best player on a team that made the conference finals only two years ago, and that's CJ McCollum. Um, so I have him contending role player category. I have, yeah, I had no contending pieces here. Um, I have uh, Steven Adams as a contending role player. I feel like in the, the no, definitely. I think I think as a center he definitely yeah, I think salary is kind of like one of the issues there too. But yeah, Steven Adams is just a beast. I I feel like I kind of had to have this guy here because of uh what just happened. But um and I think in a large part because you had like two freaking like revolutionary guys playing with each other. That sounds really bad. Uh but playing together um in uh LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, I had Contavious Caldwell Pope. And if you look at that, like, series, he may have been, like, the third guy in that series. He had some games. He definitely had some games. He, and I, like, yeah, like, in that, that last game, I think, uh, he, he was pretty key. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's he's been a little bit all over the place and uh, have like you know more like a volume shooter than um, a knockdown guy. But I, I I think he he shot pretty well this year, and um, he was the eighth pick in that draft. I feel like in a redraft he'd be like right around that level, and um, yeah, it just he, he was at least a, a key to the Lakers winning the, the championship and played well enough where they could uh, win the title. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like with that, you kind of have him in contending role players. Um, role players, Dennis Schroeder. Yes. Who definitely. had a really good year. And um, he didn't win. So Montrez won six men of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Dennis was like, I think. But yeah, Dennis will be busy too, because again, like the rumor as of this recording is, you know, possibly DeAndre Ayton for Chris Paul. I, that, was, that was going around. I mean, again, 
<laughs> there's there's some salary that needs to be uh that's why i'm uh yeah I'm, I'm wondering about moves, that. just Paul moves out and you have like just he and shay like yeah maybe, maybe you know yeah. good opportunity for him yeah um yeah I, mean, I think at the very least he's been like a, a role player so far in his career uh auto porter who um, you were kind of hoping maybe to get to that higher category, but is like a, a good role guy. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. just played a nice role this year with Dallas and uh, showed that he could be a, a good scorer on a, a good team. Um, Mason Plumley is that role guy. Like he's truest sense of the word, role guy. Um, it's like, you know, your third big. Cody Zeller, I also think is that like this draft. Yeah, I, I was I, there. There may be some guys from other drafts who I, I could say are, are better players than these, but yeah, I, I just came up with like a bunch of bigs like at the end of this one. It's like Cody Zeller, Georgie Jang, and um, Nerlens Noel. Oh, uh, you didn't put Kelly. Kelly. I don't want to go with like Kelly Olynyk over Nerlens. Oh yeah, I should have put Kelly. Yeah. Because he's done that at Boston, he's doing that at Miami now. Yeah. I should have put Kelly. So, the totals from these, these are 11 drafts. I have five championship centerpieces. I have 21 Hall of Famers. I have 16 contending pieces. And I have 32 contending role players. And then there were guys I added for role players, so I don't even know how many, but it was 70-ish. <laughs> I'll just say 70-ish role players. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, when you add it up, like from contending role players, like up, you have like 48, 69, 74. So that's like, you're you're looking at that and thinking like, if I get to the seventh pick, like there's no guarantee. Like, yeah, like, and it probably won't be the seventh pick, but like, let's say you're bored. Let's say you're, you're working on your, your big board and you're like at the seventh pick and you're thinking like, is this guy going to help a contending team? He may not, like it's tough. It's really tough to find those like few good players at the top of the draft. And uh, yeah, there's so, there's so much variability actually. I kind of, you know, I wanted to bring up this quote that actually I think I shared, I sent over to you earlier, but this was a quote from Al Caruso today yeah. you know, about, about, you know, the NBA and like, you know, players and attitudes and things like that. He goes, this is his quote. He goes, a big reason guys get stuck in the G League is because they don't realize the position they're trying out for. It's like going to a job interview thinking you're going to be the CFO of a company and they're just looking for a guy to come clean the bathrooms. Yeah. So, you know, it's about like, you know, it's... it's. I, I think a large part of it is... Knowing who you are. Yeah, knowing who, knowing who you are and like, you know, I get it. To get to this level, you do have to be very confident in, in your game. But it's like, unfortunately, there, there, there is these championship pieces. There, there's a small number of them. In the, you know, I remember seeing Scotty Hobson. There's draft interview with Scotty Hobson and him talking about how he was like thinking he was going to be like an all-star and like he was the best player. And you're just like think to yourself you're like this guy's like not gonna get drafted in the first round like what is he talking about talking about yeah and yeah so it's 
a large part of it is knowing who you are, knowing what you do well, and knowing what a, a team wants from you. Yeah. And then, you know, like, let's say you get in a situation to play with LeBron James. Like, you're going to have to do something about your game. Yeah, it, it's not going to be about you. There, right? There's a reason that LeBron James gets to do what he wants to do, and other players have to, you know, kind of uh, do whatever to yeah. make up for that because of his insane efficiency and his ability to – run a team and make them a championship contender. No, so I definitely, um, I definitely think like that's yeah. the met, that mental aspect is just huge coming into the draft of like knowing who, yeah, knowing who you are and just being. Learn your role. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, knowing what you're good at, knowing what the, the team needs and then buying into that and, um, and working on that. And, you know, like I, and I guess, you know, a, a big part of it is just, Unfortunately, it's luck in terms of where you're drafted and in terms of uh, how a team develops you and, and all of those things too and the, the structure they have um, for development. But yeah, we just uh, what we wanted to do with this is to give you guys an idea that you're likely not going to get an all-star with uh, the 15th pick. Or yeah, just like there, there was one Kawhi Leonard that yeah. that was a championship well, centerpiece. Well, that was insane luck. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And then you know, Giannis is right below there, but it's like, yeah. oh, it's true. Both of those guys picks. are fifteen picks. Yeah, and Kawhi, Giannis, right. and every other fifteenth pick. So yeah, it's just kind of you know, for for fans, it's just getting you know, you might just get a good role player, and that that's okay. Yeah, and that's probably and then yeah, just you know. There, there isn't always a, a franchise player in every draft. Like, it, if you look at some of these Hall of Famers, they aren't necessarily, like, guys you would consider franchise players. They were just, like, perennial all-stars, like, really good players, and guys who may be, like, a second or third best player on a championship team. So not every draft has a championship centerpiece or, like, a guy that you consider – I don't know, because the franchise player, I guess, is like there's a broad definition. But I would think a franchise player is somebody that is either leading you to contention or leading you to a championship. No, totally. Again, it, it, it isn't always there. Someone, someone has to score the most points on every team. Someone has to get paid the most. So, yeah, like that franchise player, you know, could, could be a loose definition. But, yeah, it's yeah. like you want someone that could lead you to a championship year in, year out, that you're consistently trying to build around. So, yeah, I guess our question is, like, on average – a draft usually has like maybe like five or so all-stars. Who do you guys think will be the NBA all-stars from the 2020 NBA draft? And we'll, we'll give that answer next week. How about that, Jace? That sounds good. Well, we'll put that out on our Twitter, at Viseland. Let us know your thoughts on who you think yeah. out, of this, out of this draft. Twitter question. Could get, could, you know, could come out and become an all-star. Yeah. Who are those guys – that you believe in outside of Oregon Duck, Peyton Pritchard, who's going to be a many, many time all awesome. no, I'm just But, you know, wishful thinking. But let us know. We'll be at, a CBA All-Star. Hey, still counts. Don't, don't go, just don't go with Ty Lawson, get yourself kicked out of the country. Not good for your career there. But let us know. We're going to post that on our Twitter, at Viseland, and make sure you are checking us out. We are basically, um, over the past week, we've actually gone and we've expanded to a bunch of different platforms. So you can pretty much find yeah. Vice on literally anywhere podcasts can be found. We are on Google. We are on TuneIn. So if you have a Tesla and you have your connect, 
premium connectivity. You can listen to Advisland in your car very easily. We're obviously on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. So we're also, if you go to anchor.fm, you can find Advisland and it'll link out to every little place you can, you can download and, and find our podcast. So great opportunities wherever, however you listen to podcasts, we will be there. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please like, subscribe. I am NBA Draft Mikey V on Twitter. He is at Jay Weisenberg. You can email us at Weislandpod at gmail.com. Um, and also follow us on Twitter at Weisland. Yep. And we thank you for subscribing, sharing, liking, commenting. Um, answer our question. We, we, we're really interested in this. And then, uh, yeah, tell, tell us uh, if we left anybody out or you feel somebody was miscategorized. But, um, yeah, thank you once again. And then make sure also to tune in next week because this is our that's going to be our final episode prior to the draft. So you before get, the NBA draft. So you get everything right before the draft. We're not going to do, like, those, like, Chad Forty kind of things where, we're like, we tweet the pick right after it happens, like we pretended like it happened before. We're not doing any of that. This is going to be. We may do that. Maybe we'll see at that time. But yeah, it's going to be our last one before the draft. We're going to give you a lot of, a lot of breakdown intel and everything. So you know, share it with all your basketball friends, and we look forward to seeing you guys all next week.